Hello and welcome to the Anything But Quiet Time podcast live here with Rochelle and Carter at Ecclesia Church in Houston. Uh, keep in mind, we're going to have a lot of great feedback tonight talking about a big subject, uh, forgiving the unforgivable. But you can give us your feedback anytime, whether you're here, you can write down this email or whether you're listening or watching at home, anything at HopeOnDemand.com. So week to week, you have a question, some feedback, comment, funny story, anything, uh, just write down anything at HopeOnDemand.com. So my kids are here tonight. My kids are in the very back, Sammy and Caleb. Wave, guys. You're, you're gonna embarrass them? them? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I was asking Caleb yesterday, I said, so have you ever had to forgive anything really big? And he said, nah, because he's, he's just turned 13 years old. And I said, okay, well, have you ever had to forgive some, like your best friend Fabio? And he's like, wow, I mean, yeah, little stuff. I said, so walk me through the process of that forgiveness. And he goes, we don't talk for an hour and then we get over it and then we get back together again. <laughs> that's, that's a guy's perspective. That's a guy's yeah. thing. They yeah. hug it out, that's it, <laughs> moving on. And then he, he has the nerve to go, not like you girls. Oh. Now, and oh. then he, this is what smart young men do for their mothers. They go, except you, mom. <laughs> Except for you. You're the exception, of course. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, he was talking about his best friend's sister, and he's noticed that there is a difference there, certainly, when guys duke it out, an hour later they hug it out, it's over. Yeah, yeah. And we will put up with a lot until the, uh, the kettle starts going, and sure. the steam starts coming out, and then it's going to take many, 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 many coffee dates to finally come <laughs> to a place... <laughs> Of hopefully restoration, reconciliation, I, slash I do, uh, on, on behalf of guys, I do get frustrated, I think, at times where it does get old to act like nothing happened. I mean, it, you know, there's a, there, you know, it's not like you're in one corner or the other. Like, men are always over here and women are always over here. There's some in between, like, you know, you're sitting over there, you're going to act like nothing happened, and you're going to sit here and eat all my food and drink my H-E-B waters. <laughs> like, really? Like, it just can be obnoxious sometimes. That was so. me. That was, oh, I forgot. You did that. That's, That's right. passive aggressive. That was me. <laughs> Honestly, I heard some great advice on on really just conflict um, but I think this can be great in the in the forgiveness aspect somebody uh, mentioned about often we attack the topic and not the issue you know mm -hmm. in, in like say a marriage or something it's it's not about the laundry it's not about you know getting home five minutes late it's about not feeling heard or it's not it's about not feeling valued and we often don't attack truly the root of the problem but something triggered it but, but something triggered the root of the and problem. And then the yeah. list, the record of wrongs comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. and then let me tell you what happened three weeks ago. Absolutely. And your your best friend in life that you've chosen to love, honor, and cherish suddenly looks like they've been cornered. <laughs> what did I, three weeks ago, what were you doing? I, I, I don't um, remember. A, a friend shared with me a family member, and this is this is a, just a friendship and, and you know, kind of getting into that, that long-term, instead of just a fight, kind of that long-term bitterness that can be there, that long-term frustration. And um, it was a family member that's made a decade of poor choices and used to have a, a really, really good friend that is still, you know, making good choices, they're a believer. And somehow reconciliation happened where it's been a decade since they've even seen each other. Mm. And yet somehow they decided to get together and have coffee. Yeah. And I don't know where that's gonna go, but certainly my friend was excited, hey, this friend is a good influence. I'm, I'm glad that maybe they can speak some sense into my family member. Mm. And, and first of all, it gave me hope because I think we can all have that person, you know, I, I can think of, you know, five family members of my family off, off the top of my head where I go, I don't have any hope that they're gonna change. Mm. And, and part of me with some of them, depending on, you know, how they've affected me, I, I, I don't often root for their change when I really should. I, I, they're always going to be that way. So I hope they get what's coming to them is, mm. is what can be in my mind and my heart. And so that really, I don't know, that kind of spoke to me last night. He just told me that last night about his family. And it reminded me of, we mentioned something about the prodigal son of, you know, you kind of, you look at, here's the prodigal son where we've all messed up and run away. And of course, it's an example of how we can forgive other people. Uh, how obviously God has forgiven us when we've run away. But then I think also, that hope that that person that hurt you might come back in repentance. And I think there's a lot of people in all of our lives, even just a room like this, that we think they'll never come back, it'll never be restored. Maybe, maybe we're kind of conflicted on whether we want to restore it or not, but I think there's always that hope to never give up on, even if we've typecast this person as, 
is so far gone that they'll always be that way. So should we get to what Jesus talks about when he, when he gets the root of forgiveness? I think that'd be a good idea. Okay. So there's this, uh, there's this one parable that I think just really emphasizes what it means to forgive. Uh, because Peter sounds like he's, I, I think he thinks he's a big, pretty big deal. He's a pretty big, merciful guy when he asks Jesus, so uh, how many times should we forgive? Like seven yeah. times? And if you read through scripture, you realize a lot of the times when numbers are mentioned, it's symbolic of something else. It's not necessarily literally seven times. It means a different kind of number, like an extensive amount. But Jesus kind of, I don't know what he must have, I, I picture him in my mind, maybe giving him one of these little side glances, like, oh, Peter, I love you so much. You know, maybe three times is a lot, maybe four times, five times. So he says seven, like a big man. <laughs> what if I forgive him seven times? The very beginning of the chapter in Matthew, 18th chapter, it really does address forgiveness. And it kind of sets the pace with putting a child in the middle of the room and acknowledging the humility of that child and showing that this is what we are to, to, to strive to be like. Which, if you think about it, really, you're not striving as a child. You just are. Yeah. You know, and there's something humble about it. And in the pecking order of things back in, in uh, th these biblical times, it would have been <laughs> the lowest. These are the ankle biters. These are the ones not to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is drawing attention and saying to humble ourselves as children. And a little later on, after he talks about when somebody does you wrong, that's when Peter asks the question. So we'll get to the, the kind of the steps that I think Jesus shares with going about forgiving people, what he says we should do. And it's so helpful when we break it down and really dissect what is Jesus saying yeah. when I go to the person or when I bring another person in. And so we're going to go there. But the, the story of this judge slash ruler guy who's apparently super wealthy can loan out a lot of money uh, in that particular day and age it would be very common if you could not um if you were indebted to someone like this you would sell yourself or your family to serve them yeah. to almost be like a slave for that person until you could pay it off and there's this guy who owes him like a lot and if you look at the actual meaning it's a zillion dollars. That's the specific number? No. Like, in certain <laughs> translations, it says talents, but it's supposed to be this obscene amount of money. Sure. Like, when Jesus said it, somebody's drinking their, their water by the Sea of Galilee, because yeah. it's that much money. Sure. And Jesus is talking about this guy saying he owes this much, and this ruler has every right to say, okay, well, your entire family now is indebted to me, and you're going to be my slaves. And this guy begs, please, have mercy I promise I'll pay you back. Yeah, right. Everybody in the crowd's like, yeah, right. <laughs> Never even seen that much money, let alone have it somehow. Yeah. It would be like 20 years of your salary that this guy owed. It was a lot. And so the king does something incredible, slash ruler, slash judge, depending on translation. He forgives him of this debt. This thing he cannot pay back. No way. And the guy, if you know the parable, if you don't, I'm going to tell it to you, turns around and does the thing, the thing that I've been very guilty of most of my life, in forgetting about the debt I was forgiven, and turns around and finds a guy who owes him a couple thou, 2K compared to two zillion, and grabs him by the throat. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is painting this picture for, you're just sitting there listening. How many times? Is he going to get to the how many times I should forgive? He grabs him by the throat and says, give me back the money that you owe me now. And the guy's begging the exact same words that he has just uttered to the king. This guy's now saying, as it's struggling to breathe, please have mercy. No. Well, some of the king's guys are watching and they're like, no, who's this guy think he is? Mm. And they go tattle. I'd be that person too. <laughs> did you see what this guy did? Yeah. And so they bring him back to the king and the king says, who do you think you are? Now let's go back for a second. If you are in prison, which is eventually where this guy who owes a couple thousand is going to go, can you make that money back? Yeah. No, you can't. Uh, oh, no, the guy you're that owes a couple thousand. Oh, well, not in prison. I so guess, he's right. a, if you're in prison, you can't make that yeah, the money sure, back. Sure. So there's no way. So how many times has somebody asked for forgiveness 
and they're willing to work with you and say, yes, I, I, I realize I owe you this debt. I want to make it right. But it's not even about them making it right anymore. It's about sticking it to them. Mm. And make it, I don't even care about your sob story, man. I just want mine. Yeah, sure. I want to, ch- you want to put a chokehold on those people who have wronged you. And we would all be lying if we said we didn't at one point. Because that's, that's human instinct. Self-preservation. Somebody hurts us, we want them to get, we love those scenes in the movies where the bad guy gets it. Yeah, get it. You know, that's our human instinct. And Jesus is telling us to fight that in this story. This guy is in prison, cannot give the money back. There's no way he can because he wants to stick it to that guy. So the ruler brings him doofus. We'll call him doofus. Brings doofus back in front of him and says, okay, so I heard what you did. And the way that you laid it out on this guy, this poor guy, it's going to be done unto you. So this is the parable that Jesus shares after Peter asks him how many times. And at the very end of the parable, it tells us that it is very important to recognize that forgiveness starts in the heart. In Western culture, when we think of heart, we think lovey-dovey, we think romantic, we think feelings. In Hebrew, there was no word for brain. So where your thoughts were, it was your heart. Whenever they talk about your heart, that's, it's your capacity to make choices. And he says, you have to choose. It has to start with all of your choices wrapped up in this choice to choose to forgive. It will never start with a feeling. Yeah, yeah. And you have to fight the feeling. It will eventually get there. So Jesus says this thing where you have to forgive somebody 70 times 7, and we're going to have fun talking about that tonight, 70 times 7, or in some translations, 77 times. What does that mean? Do you literally have a ledger, like Castaway, where he marked off the days, about how many days he had left? No, right. it's not about that. <laughs> or, or making Wilson. Uh, it's not about that either. Yeah, yeah. Squirrel. Sorry, just saw that squirrel run over there. Get back. Um, but it was about comparing it to a story that the Hebrew people would have been very familiar with. The only other time in scripture with those exact numbers are linked together is in Genesis. And it's the story about a guy who is named Lamech. Lamech is a descendant of a dude named Cain. Does anybody know the story of Cain and Abel? So Cain and Abel were brothers. My children better be listening to this story in the back there. They were brothers. And Cain and Abel were not happy with one another. Cain was very jealous of Abel. It ended abysmally. He took the life of his brother, Abel, Cain did. And the Lord still shows mercy on Cain, and uh, he does go on to have children. One of his descendants is named Lamech, and Cain has built this, like, town, and it just becomes this festering, yucky, sin-filled, it's Sin City, sin-filled place. And there's this guy named Lamech who writes poetry, really bad poetry, because his poem in the Bible is, hey, this guy got mad at me, and I was like, I'm going to kill him. And so I did, and I took it out on him 70 times 7. What was owed him? The comparison is no mistake. It is meant to be, the desire is to be like a Lamech. The desire is to take it out on that guy. And Jesus is saying the opposite. We don't want to build the kingdom of Cain here, Sin City. We are building a new kingdom. This is a new concept. And so forgiveness is what it's all about. It is what our faith hinges on. Unforgiveness, not to be a part of our vocabulary, even though it's something we do have to process, because we do feel things, but we are commanded to forgive. I, I think that's the, big, the biggest point that we can make is I have to recognize of what I've been forgiven because we often think, you know, eh, what I've done in my life, it's not that bad. Now, we have some big regrets, but especially in that, somebody put it this way, if emotions are so high that clear thinking starts to fall away, that's when we're in a dangerous spot because it's so easy for me to see clearly the right thing to do in someone else's situation. And I can really justify, they deserve this, they deserve that. what about you? Oh, no, nah, mine wasn't that bad. <laughs> Not totally. I didn't, I didn't mess up that bad. And so when it comes to wanting justice, wanting the person that hurt us, um, and I, I'm going to, you know, maybe I can invite you to do the same. Maybe you're already doing it. Think about the real people in your past that 
we can apply this to, because I'm certainly thinking of some in my past, um, that I, me wanting justice, part of that is a right motivation, because we should want justice to take place for not just myself, but for, for all. But I'm not the judge. And that's the, that's the biggest deal in all of it with that incredible parable that I have to recognize that, that my stuff stinks too, right? Mm. And so I can't hold somebody to what, what God has done. In fact, I heard it put this way. Mm. If that person that hurt me is in Christ, then they have found, they have, they've embraced Christ, then they have found forgiveness and restoration with him. Mm-hmm. And I can know that the penalty was paid by Jesus. Mm. But if they aren't in Christ, and it's those people that aren't believers, maybe never will be, then what I have to be able to do, and this is the tough part, trust God that he himself will take care of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's not now necessarily. And it may be, it may be our whole, you know, what does it say? The sun, uh, the sun falls, the sun and the rain falls on the, the just and the unjust Sometimes the, uh, the unjust people in life, the, the cheaters, the, uh, the people that don't play by the rules, that cheat their way around life, and, and, and it's, we can't stand those people, whether they've affected us personally or not. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they have a good life, it, you know, by the world standards, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe a lot of money, maybe a successful relationship, maybe, you know, whatever, promotion. And it can be so frustrating to see them succeed but I have to remember that this life is just finite. Mm-hmm. It, it, is, it is nothing but a vapor as the, as the Bible describes it. Mm-hmm. And so one of the most important things that I have to do, and I think this has been the biggest takeaway for me, is that Christ has forgiven all people. Now, are all people going to heaven? No. Why? Because it takes faith and repentance to have that restoration with him. Jesus has hung out his arms on that cross and offered forgiveness to all mankind. But forgiveness offered is different than forgiveness received. And there are many people in this world that aren't going to accept that forgiveness because they're going to go their own way. So much like that, that's my example. I should offer forgiveness without stipulation to that person that wounded me. But for full restoration of the relationship, it's not going to, unless they come and seek forgiveness and true repentance and true change, there's not going to be a restoration. Right. And even if they do, I mean, it, you know, if somebody, you know, really, really hurt your family it, and then did come in restoration and, and or repentance and there's restoration and reconciliation, that still doesn't mean you have to be best friends. You know, it doesn't mean a lot, but it does mean I give up the, my need to and desire to punish somebody. So let's break down the words forgiveness. Forgiveness can be easily just a one-way street. Mm-hmm. So if I'm offended by somebody sure. and I just, okay, well, I'm gonna forgive that situation and there may be no reconciliation. So let's, let's use this as an example. Let's say I come over to your house and I take a giant sledgehammer and I bash your wall down. That's not cool. It's not cool. No. No. And then you'd be like, Hey, I need to forgive herself, first of all, or I'm going to murder her. (laughs) So I'm going to forgive her. That's the one way street that I can take right now because Uh God calls me to forgive people just as he's forgiven me. And then the re okay. So I don't want to get these words. We were just talking about reconciliation. The reconciliation Uh is when you come to me and say, Rochelle, you just sledgehammered my wall down for no reason. I'm having a problem with that. I do forgive you, but this is not okay. You can't do that. Sure. If I choose in that moment to recognize, you know what? You're right. Maybe I had it in my mind that 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 it was was a good good idea. idea. I saw some bees. (laughs) Like, I'm going to get this Why would you do that? You should have done that to wasp, not bees. The bees are gone. It's a terrible way to get rid of bees, by the way. (laughs) But I'm like, uh, you know what? You're right. I should have talked with you about this. Uh, <laughs> I should have talked with you. <laughs> let's clean up the rubble. Oh. The reconciliation is the recognizing that there is rubble, and now we're going to help to clear it away. Mm. Restoration is when I'm now going to come alongside you. We're going to make that wall better than we ever had mm. before. Mm. Yeah. So if now put that, translate that over into a relationship. Somebody has done you wrong. God calls me to forgive that person. That's my one 
way road that I know that I'm going to journey on, whether or not they meet me halfway, it's okay. Yeah. I choose to forgive. And it's a choice that starts here and it will eventually land hopefully here and feeling, feeling sure. central. And so then uh, going to that person is biblical. It tells us in Matthew 8, 18, yeah, yes, 18, that we are to go to that person. Rochelle, you messed up the thing. We had a problem there. And if that person is on board and you're going, and, and that takes a humbling act too. Mm-hmm. If anybody's ever come to you and say, you hurt me when? Instantly, what do you feel? Defensive. Sure. There were bees <laughs> in that wall that I took down. Yeah. And I knew what I was doing, and it's on you if you don't know what I'm doing. But so it takes that humbling, and God calls us to be what? The little child. The little child, and recognizing Papa, adult in the room, recognizing the authority in the room, God over me. God, what do you say? He's bringing this to my attention. As a child, I'm looking to my Heavenly Father and asking him, I want to be aligned with you, Father. He's right. I should have talked with you. I'm really sorry about that. Can, can I clean this up with you? That's reconciliation. Now, restoration is making it better than it was yeah. before. All these fancy words, and hopefully that's what we're all striving for. That's what Jesus wants for us as a church community. Does that ever... So let's go through the steps. Okay. Jesus says, when you have an offense, you go to that person. And by the way, there is a proverb that says to overlook an offense. When do you overlook an offense? To me, because yeah, it's to one's glory to overlook an offense. What does that mean? You know, because Jesus is saying yeah. it feels like the opposite here. I, I would say that this is just me talking, but I would say my interpretation of that is it's going to be up to each individual. If you can get past it, move on, and don't don't hold it over their heads. Don't bring it up. You know, certainly on the way here, maybe traffic. Right, somebody cuts you off. I'm going to overlook that. I'm not going to follow him and wait for him to park and then ask for an apology. <laughs> I'm going, I'm not going, again. Not again. Yeah. <laughs> One time was too many. Um, so so you, you overlook what you can, but, but then when you can't, you follow this process that Jesus set out for us. So you go to that person. Yeah. And then if you get nowhere with that, I don't care. There were bees. Mm. Then I need to drop that analogy. <laughs> Yeah. It's an interesting one. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, then what do you do? You bring another person back with you. This is where it gets real fascinating. And I never really thought about it before until yesterday. You're not to be alone in the room with that person. You have somebody with you. If it does not work then, you go get more people. Mm-hmm. And you bring, so we're talking, there are situations where this passage has been abused, where people are, I'm supposed to be a doormat now. Mm. Forgive 70 times seven. That means Jesus tells me I have to forgive everybody. I have to forgive and I just have to let it go. Mm -mm. If you are in a situation where you are not safe and this happens, it's so sad. In this room, maybe somebody's dealing with this right now. You are being abused. It is not okay. Mm. And your number one priority is your safety period. Yeah. And by the way, our prayer and Caroline, um, always available. We would love to pray with you afterwards. Uh, there are amazing people that can connect you to people that can help, but this is a real thing. You need to hear this. Jesus is not asking you to to lay over, take it. Mm -mm. Mm. That's not what this is. And then to keep you safe because that person is not willing to reconcile with you. You bring another person. You are not to be alone in that room with that person. You are meeting opposition. If it doesn't work, then more people from the church. And, and, and to that same point, Paul, in the, in later in the New Testament, kicks somebody out of the church um, and because he's consumed in sexual sin. And, you know, the guy could, you know, especially if it was modern day terms, the guy could, you know, you can imagine call the news station, church kicked me out. Can you believe that? They're supposed to forgive. And it's like, no, no, no. We are willing to forgive when you repent. And that's, that's, the, that's the catch 22 right there. We're always offering, always offering, but until all there's repentance, welcome. all are welcome, but until there's repentance, it's not going to happen um, because we you, you, cordially, absolutely. But he, there's even, you talk about, you know, taking something out of context. Uh, Paul says, don't even, I don't remember if it's this part in Corinthians or where it is, but it says, don't even eat with such a person. 
And we have to remember what they were doing as a church back then was all eating together after service. And so we saying you're not going to eat with them as part of the church. That doesn't mean you couldn't go grab coffee with them individually, you sure. know, and be cordial, you know, and, but to, to treat them like an unbeliever because they're certainly living like one. Yeah. And what does that look like? Well, Jesus, again, was, uh, he always tapped into that compassion part, always leaned into grace, always, um, while they were crucifying and father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And maybe they're in that place right now. Maybe that's why they're not willing to reconcile, not even willing to, to listen to your argument because they don't know what they're doing. We have vilified humanity too. You know, or watch enough documentaries and you're like, man, that person was a monster. Mm. Well, what makes a monster? Mm. Small steps. And in Romans 3, it's pretty clear we have all sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. And maybe we've grabbed hold of the one's hand who can lead us to a place of truth and understanding a little sooner than that other individual. And they still need prayer. And they still need us to help lead. And, and hopefully they'll follow the example. And it's Christ in us, it's not us. Yeah. So I always have to kind of put that in front of me. This is a human being who has wronged me. Yeah. This is not a villain. This is not Thanos. There's something that I wanted to reply to you about um, with okay. the, when it comes to the um, taking scripture out of context, feeling like, well, we're Christians, so we forgive and I just have to let it go. Somebody said something the other day that I'd, I'd never quite thought this way. Scripture used the wrong way will create codependency and enabling. Used the wrong way. That's the emphasis. We need to make sure that we're using it the right way. And, and there's going to be sacrifices to be made when we're following Scripture and not ourselves. I mean, but, mm. but it's not that. It's certainly not that. Um, th somebody, a friend shared something with me because we've certainly talked about the forgiveness aspect, but every situation is different. Um, she shared with me that her husband of many years, um, she just found out this year, um, has been cheating on her the whole time, the entire time. And they've been married 20 years. So what do you do? And her first instinct was, well, I'm done as any of us would, I'm sure think. And she, she did leave and, and prayed about it. And God said to her, even though he's clearly broken the covenant, you don't have to. Mm. And this is, you know, what I think what's, because she has all the right to. I mean, yeah, biblically. Bib biblically yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean, to be able to move on and, and go on with your life. But the fact that there's a choice even right there, you know, from God blows my mind because what she's decided to do is, is stay if, if he was willing to mm -hmm. change. That's a big you know, you're not willing to change. You're not willing to repent. You're going to continue this lifestyle. I am leaving. Mm -hmm. But he's, he said, no, I'm going to do counseling. I'm going to, I want to work this out. And so it's been five months of trying to work through this day by day by day. And she talked about how I'm just struggling with forgiveness. And I, and I said, and then this is what I, what I said, because I had this noted for this podcast. I said, one definition of forgiveness I love is I need to let go of my need or desire to punish this person. That's a good, forgiveness I'm sure you could define many ways, but that is a great definition biblically. I need to let go of my, my need or desire to punish Putting this person. Putting that person in the prison. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so, so well, you know, we were talking about it and, and, and she said, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk you know, his, his counselor will say, you need to tell her this and tell her this and tell her this and we'll talk about it. And um, it begins with a lie because he doesn't want to hurt me more. And then finally we get to the truth of what this particular example was. And, and, and she said, but I never want him to uh, experience the hurt that I've experienced. I would never wish that upon him. Mm. And to me, I said, it, it feels like you have forgiven him. And she said, no, I, you know, in my heart, I know there's still, there's still work to do. But I think with what you said, we, we shouldn't overlook the diligence of discipline over feelings. Because, you know, some, speaking of marriage, somebody shared with me, you get into a marriage and there's a honeymoon stage and you feel love. You feel what they talk about in the movies, you know. But then years go by and uh, you don't necessarily 
feel um, loving. The toilet the paper goes this way. That's just a fact. <laughs> Anybody who does it under is insane. Um, there's no forgiveness on that. There's no, the, no. The well, there's one, a standard. There's a standard. There's you know? an asterisk in scripture, except if the toilet <laughs> Well, paper. they can repent. They can repent from it. Um, and so, <laughs> so I, um, I, we've all seen the, the old couples uh, at restaurants where, you know, potentially the example I think of is the man has Parkinson's. And so there, there is his wife. They've been married 60, 70 years, and she is feeding him the soup. Now, that's love that's action. That's a choice to, I don't care for this. Nobody would care for that situation. I'm choosing to love by my actions. And so the diligence of discipline, the actions of love, we shouldn't overlook those. Mm -mm. That, that, that is a huge deal to, you know, another analogy would be there's somebody that hurt your child and you have a sniper rifle right aimed at him and you could take the shot or not and you feel like you want to yeah but you decide because you know what's right to put down the weapon and spare their life the the choice the actions of love are something that should not be overlooked and it goes along with when it says to forgive with your heart that the, there was choice. no Hebrew word for, for feelings and heart. It was the choices. It was, yeah, there was no, f the, the word in Hebrew, when they're talking about heart, every time you read that, it's kind of how we would think of brain. Mm -hmm. So our mm -hmm. choices, our thoughts, when we love the Lord our God with all our heart, it's talking about with everything that we have. Um, it's so important also to, to link forgiveness with sacrifice because that's what Jesus did. Mm. And so when he taught us to pray, he taught us to pray to Lord, please, you know, forgive me as I forgive those who have sinned against me. We should never lose sight of this power is not in us. Sure. Yeah. Unless Christ is in us. We do not of our own accord have any ability to forgive unless we have tapped in like a, like a cell phone. We've tapped into the greater energy and we've been charged up by him, right? apart from Christ. So when people ask that precious woman back in 2018 after another one of those tragic shootings uh, took place and it was in the Sunday school, hmm. church basement, and the grandmother passed away and they were able to, every single one of the victim's family members was able to look at the shooter and tell them something. She stood in front of him and said, I forgive you. Hmm. How can you do that? Because you chose to. Mm, right. There's this incredible story. Corrie Ten Boom is this woman who uh, was not Jewish, but she and her family, they lived in Poland. And um, during the Holocaust, her family decided they were going to hide Jewish people. They said this is wrong. In fact, her father even wore the, the star on his arm, the armband that the Jews were forced to wear. And he did it because he said, this isn't right. So I'm going to stand with with my, my brothers and sisters, because these are fellow human beings and this is wrong. And they, they hid Jewish people in their house and they were never discovered, the people that were hidden, but they were all sent to, well, most of them sent to concentration camps. And Corey was one of those people and she endured just everything. So she was at one of the big ones and dealing with the, you know what happened during the Holocaust, if you've seen Schindler's List, you know the atrocities. She lost her sister in one of those camps, her sister who was the strong one mm. in her mind, the one who never said anything against God, even in the midst of fleas, was thanking God for the fleas. How can you thank God for the fleas? Mm. Later it was discovered it was the fleas that kept the Nazis out of their camp and they could read the passages of scripture that they were able to smuggle into the camp. Mm. So her sister was her light in the darkness because Jesus was shining through her. And when Corey lost her sister, well, you can imagine, it was a fluke, a fluke. It was a miracle. She was released. And it was like days later that every single woman in that camp, her age category, were executed. She was released and she went around the globe sharing forgiveness. She shared the light of Christ in forgiveness. At one of these meetings, She's approached by a face that she remembers, one of the Nazis. And after she's spoken about the forgiveness that can only come through Jesus Christ, he comes up to her and says, can you forgive me? And it's, 
it's like tingles. You can hear her speak this message. I would hugely recommend looking it up on YouTube because she says, in that moment, I knew I could not. I knew I could not. But that she remembered the scripture that if you cannot forgive, then I cannot forgive you, Corey. And so she said, I remember making the choice of raising my arm and greeting him. And the moment that our hands touched, it was electric. It was something supernatural that took place in that moment. She knew it was Jesus. It was not her. It was him in her. You think about the things that have been done to you. And my mother, it's a story I've shared before on the podcast, and I recently visited her. Um, she's, you know, she's dealing with breast cancer right now. We just got more information that she's got it in her lymph nodes. Um, and yet she's still grabbing onto the piece of Jesus, peace that passes understanding people that don't understand. <laughs> we don't understand it either, but we're glad we got it. And I said, Mom, you know, this trusted member of the family wronged you over and over and over again when you were a little girl. How do you forgive that? Because she did. And she said, I did it more than once. It's a process. Mm. I had to do it a lot. And you know what's really amazing is that she was also able to tell me, you know, and he was very gifted. This man, this villain, this monster, she recognized the giftings that God had given him. Who does that? Yeah. But by the grace of Jesus Christ. Because she tapped into something and has tapped into something. We have to give God credit in our lives. He's, he wants to cash in on that credit. Let me show you what I can do in you when you make the choice to forgive. And when we choose to do that, then the world recognizes what only he can do, right? But it's understandable when you're hurt, when you're wronged, to want to punch somebody in the face, to grab that guy by the throat. Mm -hmm. You owe me $2,000. Now, you may feel like that person that you're grabbing by the throat, in your mind at least, <laughs> owes you the zillions of dollars. They have wronged you. This friend who has shared all these years of marriage, mm is worth more than a couple thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. But it's fascinating. You think about the way that God has forgiven you and the ways you don't even know that he's forgiven you. Yeah. You've heard of the butterfly effect? Butterfly, his wings flap on this side of the planet and the other side of the planet. This, by the way, it goes way above my pay grade. I don't really know what I'm talking <laughs> about. But it, butterfly effect, the wings fl flap on this side of the planet. There's a tsunami on the other side of the planet, basically. Big tidal wave on the other side because Everything that happens on this side of the planet does somehow affect the other side. Our actions or our inactions matter, mm. and they impact the world. What we choose to do today around us in the traffic, when we're driving, and the way we respond to people, that impacted that person, and that person has influence, and they impact that person. Mm -hmm. And the things that God has forgiven us of, that we don't even know the ways that he's forgiven. How dare I say, but he owes me yeah. when our Redeemer was ripped apart by nails mm -hmm. for me. Right. And so I have to remember that and then bring it back to this is a person. This person that hurt my mother was a human being. He was made by God. He had giftings and he gave in to sin. Mm -hmm. And can I, can, I, can I see that person that has done me wrong through God's eyes and maybe even have Jesus hold up a mirror in front of myself and say, but for the grace of God, Rochelle, there go you. I, I think that's why I, it's so hard to think about, you know, me, I don't know, stealing candy from a store as a teenager. Did you do that? No, I don't think so. You're a horrible person. <laughs> hey, what happened to the freaking... just undid everything I said. <laughs> um... <laughs> You know, but something is, you know, especially time goes on with something like that. You look back, you kind of laugh. Oh, we all did dumb things as kids. And you kind of, ah. and, and yet that would have been wrong. You know, if that had happened, that's a sin. And I, it's hard to, with just the knowledge that we're given to see that um, as, as such a great offense to God as somebody murdering or hurting somebody else. 
Now, we've gone over this several times. All sin is not the same. There, there will be harsher punishment for people that aren't in Christ based on the sin. Stealing a pencil is not the same as being involved in the Holocaust, you know. Um, but stealing a pencil is an offense to the infinite, perfect God. And I have to realize that my imperfection, when it comes to my own sin, that's where I should be the most selfish. We often look at other people's sin and want to just think and stew on that and point that out. But it's, I, I got to get the log out of my own eye to be able to help with the speck in somebody else's and eye. And don't you start seeing them by the way that they did you wrong? If they cheated at Uno, mm -hmm. gosh, these are real minor here, guys. Right, that one's a minor one. They yeah. cheated at Uno. Right. <laughs> now they're a cheater. That person's a cheater. Yeah. Yeah. Because of one thing that happened between sure. you and them. Sure. And now they're a cheater. Why does that justify this label that we've now given? Mm -hmm. Again, we vilify people. It makes us feel a little bit better. I would never do that. Right. But the Holy Spirit's like, but baby, do you know what you would do apart from me? And this is what Jesus says in Luke 18. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee. The other was a despised tax collector. And the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not like other people. Cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. And Jesus says, I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. I chatted with a different uh, friend before this, you know, just kind of gathering thoughts and notes about what we're going to speak on today. And she said, what do you do if the person that you have a grudge against is not alive anymore? How do you handle that? They're not coming in repentance or, you know, they didn't. I can say I forgive, but how do you even... And when we continue this conversation, I thought she pointed something out that's very fascinating. Um, she saw her role in the situation. Mm. And not, not every situation is going to be like this, right? I mean, you know, if somebody robs you at gunpoint, you didn't even know them. You didn't have any, any role in that situation. But, but when you can, to be able to, with compassion, see, okay, I wasn't perfect in this scenario either. Mm. And where we can see that, I think, will give us a lens of compassion to see the wrongs that they did. Yeah. I don't think there's ever going to be, in that case, uh, you can be reconciled to a situation, mm. but you won't ever necessarily have that uh, back and forth between you and the other if they're sure. already gone. So coming to a place of peace and letting Jesus stand in the gap and step in and say, talk to me about it. Because he's been there the whole time. You know, my... my uh, our, the people that got places around us are incredible examples to us. Those are the people that we can glean wisdom from. So make sure that you're surrounding yourself with, with good people, right? Uh, but you know, my parents have been a blessing in my lives and in watching uh, over 51 years of marriage. And my father is, a, he would tell you, very handicapped by his mental illness. His bipolar is very severe. If he's not on his medicine, it's a problem. Um, and just a quick example, he flew to Washington, D.C., with the aid of an airplane and quite frankly did not know that he needed an airplane to fly. He thought he could fly. Mm. He was that unstable. His chemistry is like this. So the medicine helps him and he is in a place of ministry right now with my mom where he can come alongside families and speak to them in the midst of their own, dark, their own darkness and say, been there. Isn't that the person you wanna hear from? Yeah, yeah. So don't be afraid to show your scars because your scars can bring healing to other people. They need to know what you've been through so that they can see the other side is there. There's light at the end of the tunnel. And I, I remember those moments where my mom would lock herself. She said, I would lock myself in the bathroom away from dad because he was behaving in such a way that he was not my dad. So he, was, he had not passed away like this friend of yours. Mm -hmm. But he was not behaving as her husband. In many ways, my mom had to become the parent 
until he became stable. She had to admit him into the psychiatric ward, twice. And he begged her not to each time. It was awful. So she felt very alone in those moments. And she needed Grace to cover that. It's fascinating to me, and I, I've, I've, I know there's a direct link from the grace that she discovered as a child and having to forgive that individual who betrayed her and abused her. The grace that she discovered through Christ would aid her later in life yeah. to shed grace on my father when he was not acting like her husband. Yeah. And so she said, in his place, God became my husband. God became that person that I needed more than anybody, which is where he should be all the time, right? And so when we are not able to reconcile with others, we can take our business to the Lord and the Holy Spirit can show us the healing that only he can do when the other is not there. Because who knows us better than the one who designed us? Yeah. You, you talk about surrounding yourselves with people. One of the brilliant things that uh, the story that I shared about a friend where her husband has been unfaithful to her for, you know, a couple decades. Um, I think it was, it was brilliant. She said, I had to take a break from my best friends. And what do you mean? Well, because my best friends aren't believers and their encouragement, well, let's go to the bar. Well, let's get, let's get drunk. Well, let's get even. Let's get you to get even. And, and, and that's where part of that compassion, you know, what, what her thoughts were of, I would never want him, I would never want to hurt him like he hurt me. And that's where I, I, I just see the genuine heart of Christ in her to be yeah. able to, to follow that with the choice of, I could go down this road or I could follow the road that Jesus has for us. And so she said, I, I, I'm currently having to, you know, in love, and they accepted it pretty well, I got to take a break from you guys because this is not the encouragement that I need for this situation. Mm -hmm. I thought that's absolutely brilliant. It is. And it, so what, what about if you find yourself, let's, let's use this example, um, that you have kicked him out. You've kicked him to the curb. You've taken the friend's advice. Is it too late now to do what the Holy Spirit was initially telling you to do? Uh, you know, it's hard to ever say that something's too late to, to turn and follow God uh, while you're still, you still have breath in your lungs. Um, you know, it, it, every situation is nuanced, right? So like we said, she'd be in this situation, she'd be in the right to, to leave. Mm-hmm. No, no big deal. But if God's called you to something and you know you're not being a doormat, you know you're seeing scripture clearly, it's not a codependency, you're, you're healthily with you know, wisdom and counsel and friends and supporting you, moving in the direction that you feel God's leading you in, then, then you got to do that whenever that you feel that might start. That's really good. I, I want to share this before we take some questions. This is a challenge for all of us. And this is a challenge for me as I think there's one per person particularly that comes to mind for me. It's hard on this one. Here's a challenge. If that person were to come to you right now and truly repent and ask for forgiveness, would you be willing to? And that's the heart check that we all need. After doing the, the choke on their neck? Mm-hmm, mm yep. Well, we're going to take just a second. We're going to ask some questions that I think that you guys filled out or some thoughts or feedback. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, Christina, if you want to bring those. And um, we also will bribe you to um, get up to the microphone if you're willing to. You obviously <laughs> don't share personal details, but, you know, general questions, general examples. And we have some uh, to, the, to the three or four people that want to try and do that. We have a couple of T-shirts you could win, also some ring lights, Hope On Demand brand. So we have, what do we yeah, have, so a couple of these? Yeah, you can do those selfie videos and do your TikTok and you look all purdy. Or if you don't care about that, give it to somebody you know who does. It's a great Christmas present. That's what I do. Okay. Yeah. So if you want to take one of these, we, oh, can, okay. we can start with these. And, and then uh, what you'll do is, um, actually, how do we want to do this? I don't want people to walk in front of the camera if they're coming up to the, just go around Chris. Okay, Chris is there doing the helicopter motions. <laughs> and so if you want to step behind him and then form a line right here in front of the microphone. Um, and again, if there's just a couple people, that's great. We'll start with these. So at your uh, willingness, and we have, again, ring lights and, uh, what's that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, these are different categories here. So okay. there's one here, one here. Yeah. And so, um, again, T-shirts and ring lights, right? So you will get one of those if you're willing to step up to the microphone, but no pressure. So you, you want to start this one? Sure. You, you got that one. That's a, that's a short one to start. 
this, this kind of sounds like the one that you just spoke about. How do you forgive your spouse for 32 years? I, I, I'm assuming of 32 years um, for taking their own life. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's, I mean, that sounds familiar to um, the, the other one that we talked about. If, if they're not here anymore, how do you move yeah. on from that? I think you have to maybe remove spouse from it and you have to look at them I had this friend whose husband was cheating on her. I realized this is a different situation. Uh, and she was obviously very wounded by that. And she was trying to reconcile with him. He was not interested. And so she said there was this moment where she's looking through this picture window and she's seeing this vision almost. It's not her actual husband, but she looks out the window and it was as if she heard the voice of God saying, do you see him? And she saw her husband as a child and he looked confused and he looked angry and he looked so small and little and if we you know if you have a child you've seen them when they get all angry and their faces all pinched up and that's kind of how she was seeing him for the first time not as a not as an equal not as somebody that you've chosen to do life with but as an innocent mm. and god says you are seeing him the way i see him and that softens you and I think that might be a step in process of healing to see him other than the person that you dedicated 32 years, I can't imagine that, mm. of your life to serve, to be faithful to. Why would you abandon? The ultimate betrayal yeah. is I, things that you would, I would imagine, have to, to work through. And that is not an overnight thing. That is a, I need to forgive and cover and grace every day. But Lord, give me your eyes to see. Help me to see him the way you see him. Help me to see him as that child who struggled and, and for some reason didn't share with me all the things that he was going through. If you can help work through that and compartmentalize, I think you will start to be able to find yourself saying, bless his heart. Bless his heart. As somebody shared with me, um, we often, and a couple of these I'm going to read, will not apply. This is not going to apply to every situation. And it might not on this one, but it could. Um, it, but especially in the everyday things, we so often apply intent where they didn't mean what it came off as. And so, you know, an everyday example of a rude comment, you know, we can, they, they meant this. They did this just to attack me, just to hurt me. And they may have not even thought anything about it. They just said something incorrectly. They were projecting their ugly onto you. And maybe they didn't even, you know, we all know those people, the, the eights on the Enneagram, the blunt people. I just tell it like it is. If you don't like it, you can leave. You know, there's just, there's just that. And, and so, and they're just being honest. Yeah. I, I remember that. once uh, people were meeting me for the first time and they'd only heard my voice on the radio and they're like, oh, you're not how I thought you'd look. I said, <laughs> I'm sorry. And they go, you apologize? I said, I'm sorry. And they said, that's okay. And they walked away. <laughs> was this I Eeyore? wasn't really sorry. Was this Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh? No. Um, so, but, but, and, and, and something as devastating as this, you know, I think with what you just said yeah. is, is so true. You know, I, I'm not, I don't know every single thought that they're thinking and why they made the decision they made. And so I just have to be cautious in, in, in most situations. Right. A couple will read. We know what the intent was, um, but I have to be cautious of applying intent if I don't know. That's really good. Yeah. So it's hard. That's hard. Uh, because we're human. So what does forgiveness even look like? How do I know it's real? I, I know we don't forget, but the hurt is unbearable. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I feel like I haven't, and this is about a spouse that cheated. We know the intent there. That's not, a, that's not one you can do that with. So how do you know when forgiveness is real? The friend that I was talking to about you know, infidelity uh, it's, it's been five months in this journey. And, and she mentioned something to the effect of, you know, I, I want to forgive. I just know I haven't. And it's been so long and I'm, I'm sitting here going, it hasn't been that long. Five months is not that long nope. to, to something like that, be yeah. able to work through. And I would encourage what, you know, maybe we, we said in different ways earlier was, is the rapture happening? We're all still here. So <laughs> I'm a little nervous. <laughs> um, but to acknowledge um, what we can uh, in, uh, in the, it's not the feeling that it's, and I think you're just always going to have bad days the in choice. something like this, but it's the choice to continue to not hold it over somebody's head. I mean, this is a very silly comparison, but when you get up to go to work, who is super excited every day <laughs> to get up and go to work? You make a choice. 
Yeah. There are yeah. days where you have to make a choice. There are days that it comes easier because there's something you're looking forward to at work. And there are days where it's like, well, I have a responsibility here. And so the command of Jesus is to forgive. And this is, this is what it means to follow him. And it's linked to sacrifice because his sacrifice on the cross is what gives us forgiveness. Mm. And so if that's, that's my connection and they're always directly linked god's forgiveness and our forgiveness are linked he linked them in the prayer and it's interesting that the same mountain that isaac was to be sacrificed on if you know the story of abraham and isaac is mount moriah that mountain range is the same mountain that david had to basically seek the forgiveness and sacrificed to god because he messed up hmm. It's the same place they built the temple to worship God, and it's the same mountain range area where Calvary is. Hmm. It is not by... Coincidence. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this is all directly linked. Forgiveness and sacrifices, is, is, this is a joint situation. This is not puppy dogs and rainbows and unicorns. But there are days where it is magic. It is precious when you witness that woman sharing after her grandmother is shot to death in a Sunday school gathering hmm. and can look across the room at a man, not a monster, and say, I forgive you. There is power yeah. in that. And it's exceptional. It's not the rule. And we are to be the exception. Yeah, that's good. You, I know you have one more. We have a, maybe one or two people if you want to. What I'd like to share is I think that a lot of people here are looking, they've been hurt. Yeah. And they're wondering, can they forgive? Is it possible to forgive? And if I could take a moment, just share a story mm -hmm. yeah. that you have there. Please. Is in, in 1974, uh, I was robbed in a in a drug deal, mm -hmm. and two men ended up dead, and I went to prison for that. Mm -hmm. uh, while in jail, waiting to go to prison, the mother of one of the men wrote me a letter, and it said, "Paul, you don't know me, but if you killed my son, I forgive you." Mm. And for seven and a half years, me, she wrote me a letter once a week teaching me about God, about how to be a man of God, how to be a good Christian, how to love unconditionally. The other mother, not so forgiving. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I made parole on the very first attempt after 10 years in prison on a 99-year prison sentence. Oh. Wow. And uh, that led to over 30 years of ministry. I've done prison ministry for over 30 years, pastored for 13, and now we're getting ready to start an evangelistic ministry. All because, yeah. all because that lady was willing to forgive. Yeah. And uh, to this day, I mean, this is uh, 48 years later, it still uh, turns my heart. You know, it, uh, it's, uh, it's moving to me uh, because I know I didn't deserve it. Paul, how did you f move in process to forgive yourself? Uh, the process of forgiving self is probably the hardest mm. uh, if you have any kind of conscience. Uh, but it was learning that even though I had done what I did, that as his as this man's mother told me that she knew her son was in heaven and that one day he'll greet me. Hmm. Yeah. And that's how I get to the point of forgiving myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, with what you shared wow. at the time, it's, that would be incredibly hard to see, but won't it be worth it in the end that all the reconciliation and restoration and that especially where we're going to spend our eternity yeah. since this life is so short and what she chose to do you know reminds me of what god did for saul paul, paul. <laughs> and the ministry began right. and you can imagine of the christians uh, deaths and and prison sentences that he was in charge of that if they were able to forgive to, to further along that ministry of, of the scripture that we read today. I think we link forgive and forget, and that's not, that's not no, necessarily no, you, biblical you at all. You don't forget. You don't yeah. forget. You don't forget. So it is processed. It's ever, maybe there's a day that you wake up that you're really doing pretty good. You've... Well, I wake up every day thanking God that I'm awake. Mm. You know, uh, God gives us a day, and we either use it properly mm. and try to overcome our hurt, 
You know, and I'm sure that there's more people here that have been hurt than have hurt someone. Mm. Uh, and it's, I, I want what, to get from this is what that lady did. Mm. She was willing to let go mm -hmm. so that she could have peace. Now, I, I will say this, that uh, for seven and a half years, she wrote me. Uh, all of a sudden, the letter stopped, so I wrote and said, hey, are you okay? Uh, and I got a letter from one of the family members that wasn't quite as friendly as any of her letters, but explaining that she had passed away and mm. that there would be no more letters. And I understand that. Yeah. And I think that's one thing we have to learn to understand is that those people are hurt. And that's just how life is. They're hurt, and they've got to deal with that hurt. And sometimes the hurt comes back upon us. Mm -hmm. you know, as in this case, in my case, it should come back upon me because I was the one who did what, what happened. Uh, but uh, just the, you know, the grace of God, uh, the fact that this lady knew the Lord uh, where the other mother didn't. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, and what bothers me on that end of it is, is that she told me her son, her family had nothing to do with God, wanted nothing to do with God. Where is he at now? Hmm. And I sent him there. That's there's still hope. Yeah, there's yeah. still hope. Yeah. yeah, we don't we don't know, you know, for sure. And that's between him and God and the fact that. Oh, yeah. It, the this incredible. I mean, what you just shared tonight, even that makes is still continuing to make a difference of what God can turn for good. And so thank you. Thank, thank you for you sharing, for sharing that. that um, I think that's I amazing. can't say much more than that. I think that's probably going to be it. That's an amazing, amazing story. It is. I do. I, and I'm grateful that you also shared about the process of forgiving ourselves because I don't want to take that lightly either. It's really important. We bring a lot of shame on our own head and that's not godly. Mm. The guilt tripping we do on ourselves when we mess up, yeah. It, the conviction is a different, is a different wheelhouse sure. than yeah. guilt. And I think with forgiving self, we don't have the authority to forgive ourselves because it's always a, a if, if you're wronged, you're, you're now in a place of authority to be able to forgive the other person as, as God is the full authority and be able to give us. So there's no like technical spiritual forgiving ourselves, but, but it is a living in forgiveness. You receive it. You receive the forgiveness that God has given us. Or you so, reject it. Yes. Yes, ma'am. What is your name? My name is Alice Hastings James, and I got shot by an armed robber oh my. in Angola exactly four years ago this month. Wow. Um, and I am here because my sister, who's terminally ill with cancer, has begged me to tell my story. Mm. Um, I have not spoken about it publicly because it was just a fluke accident. I was shopping with friends in a local market, and these armed robbers just came and they just got me on the floor. This is my scar, mm. which I can now show, I can share it, because um, I feel they did not rob my joy. Of course, it's a process, as yeah. Rochelle says. Um, every day I wake up thinking, okay, he could have shot me on my face. He had the chance, but he didn't. And so I do deal with nerve damage, but it doesn't prevent me from wearing shoes or walking or exercising. I'm originally from Kenya. We're runners. <laughs> I saw a lady there with a Kenyan Bible, and I was so happy. <laughs> so, uh, so I just wanted to share that it, it is a process. It's difficult. I don't always have a good attitude yeah. when I wake up in the morning because I look and I say, why me? Mm. I'm a good person. I've done a lot of good for lots of people. Mm -hmm. And yeah. why this? Um, but then there's that still small voice that says, why not me? Because mm -hmm. if Jesus you know, died for yeah. us yeah. and he didn't do anything, um, why can't I live with this injury um, and just be a testimony and say, you know, look, I've beaten the odds a little bit like Paul and his story. Of course, that's just amazing. But, um, yeah, I feel we all have our own stories, yes. and uh, this is a real brave move for me. I think it's Good. a lot of healing for my sister's sake because she is terminal with cancer. 
And I spoke to her this day, it's her birthday, and she said to me, Alice, just get up there. God is going to give you the strength and tell your story. Because we all need to heal. And my family was actually more traumatized than I was. I, I couldn't actually believe that I got shot. Yeah. And, and I stood up and after five days I was in the U.S. and had to go through six months of therapy. So, uh, so you know, God, God is real. Uh, yeah. And yeah. when I get in those down moments and, um, and I ask myself, why me? I say, why not me? And I say the serenity prayer. Yes. Because that's not just for alcoholics. No. It's for all of us. Yes. And the words are so meaningful to me. Um, that Would you, you lead us in that prayer? Yes, sure. Let's all, shall we yes. stand and say that? Well, that's a lovely idea. Prayer? God grant me. Yes, yes. For those that don't know it, it's God grant Grant me me the serenity serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Give me courage to change the things I can and wisdom to know the difference. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that so much. Thank you for sharing your scars literally. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. I think we have uh, one more. Wow. One more to be a uh, time for one more. So come on ahead and uh, yeah, we just want to respect Ecclesia's time. But okay. go ahead. Don't My rush. name's Don't Christy and, um, you know, grew up with a lot of bitterness and didn't know why. Mm. Bitterness will rot your bones. Mm. It will literally take everything from your life. <laughs> um, someone very close to our family lived with bitterness for 18 years and two years ago reached out to me and said I forgive you because I'd reached out for forgiveness years ago and returned forgiveness years ago and at that moment of asking for forgiveness and and offering forgiveness began to heal Mm. I mean every every joint in the body has been replaced But it will. It will rot your bones. The other thing I wanted to share was the friend of many years. Always search out someone who knows the Lord and will direct you back to his word yes. for advice. Yes. Always. Yes. yes. Always. And it so, may not be fun it to may hear not, it. It will sure. not be fun. But it's the best. <laughs> it will not be fun, but it is the best. It's the hard choices that will get you to that next level in your life. Mm. Yeah. Self-for- self-forgiveness, sir, is the hardest thing to oh, walk yeah. out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is such wisdom. It Thank is. You. But it, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Lift your head, weary sinner. Amen. Because you have been forgiven, and there is no shame. So lift your head to the Lord. Amen. I love that. Thank, thank you. you. Amen. Thank you so much. On, on that note, thank you for all of you being here. Thank you for Ecclesia Paper Co. Coffee Company. Uh, thank you to uh, Cakes Keto. So um, such a, an incredible night, powerful night. And it, it just shows all of us deal with this in some way. Yeah. In some way. And it's important wisdom to keep in mind in those moments and the, the journey that it is. So. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, HopeOnDemand.com for more resources like this with different tabs of grief, of forgiveness. And also, don't forget to scan that QR code because you could win concert tickets. It's We The Kingdom concert tickets, right? So oh, you the could... song, Your Forgiveness. There you go. There you go. I love it. Oh, yes, it is. All right. Thank you so much. Let's give it up for Ecclesia Paper Co. Cakes Coffee. Cakes Keto one more time. <laughs>